look, I'm not into all of the same stuff that you're into, right? <laughs> no, I would not say that's the case. <laughs> uh, just like you're not into half of the fucking shit I'm not into. I'm into, right? I, I don't know. I think I, I probably take on more of your interest than you, you do. do of mine. But there's, still, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's more, there's there's more bleed over. through on your side than there is of mine. Yes. <laughs> but one thing, one thing we do have in common, one thing we do enjoy, mm. I know this, okay. uh, is is a, a real fucking meaty kind of real chewy murder case, yeah? Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. You can't, I got you there. I got you on that <laughs> yeah, one, don't I? A, yeah, we definitely both, we have this in common. Yep. And I love uh, that about us. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. There's probably nobody else I can I can just really vibe with on a good fucking murder than you uh, elsewhere you know, in my life. Some yeah, some say love will bring us together. I say yes. nay. No, 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 no. Murder. No, no, no. It will murder. Will bring it will us be together. murder. So, uh, and which is just one of the reasons why I'm so grateful and lucky that I get a chance every Sunday to come and just fucking mm. talk some shit about some about about a murder case. Uh, this week's in particular, the uh, Hinter Kaufek murders. Okay. I'm surprised that we haven't done this one before, right? Because it's an old case. I'm going to take you back to f- right. fucking 1922 in Germany, right? In Bavaria. 100 years ago. Almost exactly, and in one. fact. Yes. Uh, almost exactly. This took place at the end of March. Oh, wow. In 1922, okay. yes. Really setting the scene for us. Yes, you imagine yes, a yes. time come, such as now. Come back. 101 years. Come back with me, this. won't you? Almost 70-odd kilometers north of Munich, the town of Weidhoven, uh, in Bavaria, in Germany. And meet, won't you, uh, the Gruber family, Andreas and uh, Cassilia, the parents, their widowed daughter, Victoria, who's 35, and her small children, Cassilia and Josef. You know, one of my favorite teachers in university, his mm. last name is Gruber. I have a fondness for a Gruber. Well... Don't get too attached to this oh, particular okay. clutch of Grubers. Uh, for on the 31st of March 1922, they met their end. Although it would take some time for people to notice. Oh. Because the Grubers, you see, were an insular family. Hmm. Uh, a God-fearing, inward-looking, kind of quiet, very loving, but a mystery to other people, this family who kept themselves to themselves on their farmland, on their little parcel of land there in Bavaria. Um, But it's not... My discussion here, our story here, doesn't start on the night of the murder, Corrigan. No, 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 absolutely not. Oh, all right. I want to pick things up in the days and weeks beforehand when weird shit started happening in the Gruber homestead, but even weirder shit when you imagine what it came to mean, what it came to, how it all washed out, you know, how it all went down. Uh, Because for some time before, right, strange things were happening to the Grubers. Uh, Mm. A a clear six months before the night of the 31st of March when the victims all died, the six victims of the family died, six months before that day, their maid, their housekeeper, quit. And her replacement, her replacement started... On that day, on the 31st of March, their new maid died. On that day. Very strange. Oh. Like Very the day strange. that she started work, she just died? No, she was murdered. She was among oh, the she murdered. Was, oh, she was murdered with them. I thought that she this was... was sorry, I'm keeping up now. I'm with you. Yes, okay, yes, yes, yes. Very interesting. Interesting, isn't yeah. it? 
some days later, Andreas, Andreas Gruber, the dad of the house, 63 years old. Very strange how a few days before that horrible day of the 31st, he found in his house a strange uh, a newspaper that nobody subscribed to, that nobody in their home read regularly, nobody had bought. And yet there it was, a strange copy of a newspaper that he didn't read regularly and could not explain how it got there. Okay. Very strange. Very strange yeah. that the You never want to find stuff that, like, shouldn't be there, no. especially when you live, like, in the middle of nowhere. No, no, no. Very strange that he would find uh, this completely alien item. Very strange that when later questioned, the former maid said that one of the reasons why she quit her job was because she was constantly hearing sounds in the attic. She was constantly hearing noise. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Constantly getting this unsettling feeling of being watched, of being perceived, of a presence. <sighs> a missing paper, a, a strange newspaper, a maid. What about a missing house key? Hmm? Okay. What about a missing house key uh, some days before the murder? One of the family's only two house keys on that farm, one of which went missing. Completely mm. missing. What about That's amongst that? the things that you really don't want what to go missing. That? You know, you what can lose all kinds that? of things or whatever, but like if someone takes your key, it's yeah. disconcerting. What about that? The Hinter Calfec farmstead, a key missing, a strange newspaper, a maid complaining of hearing noise. What about fresh footsteps leading from the nearby crest of forest where the clearing became woodland? What about fresh footsteps leading in the snow from the trees to the house, but not back again? Huh. What about that? So someone emerged from the trees. Yeah, emerged from the tree line in some quite dense forest. Home. Yeah, entered the home. And then by the time this family is found, yeah. there is no, there are no footsteps, return footsteps to indicate they left again. No return footsteps. No footsteps returning back from the trees from the house. Uh, and we know it wasn't one of the family. Absolutely not. No, we know this. How do we know this? Do we do we know how? Well, or it's just well, been accepted. This this is a case that has been studied and studied and studied and studied. More on which in a bit, right? Okay. But make no bones about it. On the thirty first of March. On the thirty first of March, in that barn, there were four dead found later. Okay, four dead, covered in hay and cloth. Uh, everybody in that barn, everyone except the smallest child and the maid, had been commanded into that barn forensic show one by one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, multiple investigations, footsteps, forensics. They were called into that barn one by one, individually killed and, uh, you know, quite purposefully lay and covered. The baby, the young baby, the two-year-old Yosef and the brand new maid. First day on the job, they were both found dead in the home in the same way. Strangled and had the shit beaten out of them. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a, uh, uh, the most likely was a agricultural tool called a mattock, which was uh, in Matic. the home. A mattock, M-A-T-T-O-C-K. Uh, mm. Every one of the victims had their face quite badly pounded. Oof. Uh, with this tool, um, uh, Andreas in particular, his face was quite badly smashed up, bone protruding from his face and Gross strangled. Thing. They'd done a number on him. So the, 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 the baby and the maid 
killed in their separate beds in the home. Everybody else dead, covered up, stacked up with hay. Now, let's talk about timelines, right? All right, yeah. These guys weren't discovered for a long, for some time after the killing. Four days after the killing, their, mm-hmm. uh, their, their kind of their ranch, I want to call it, was visited by some coffee salesmen who had met them in town some days previous. They weren't discovered then. Okay. They weren't sure, discovered then. They just then. knocked and were like, oh, they nobody's knocked, here and left. Doop, doo, doo, no one here. Ah, well. Um, on the 4th of April, right? So some days later, best part of a week later now, they were visited by a engine repairman who had turned up to carry out some repairs on their tractors. Yes, this is a farm after mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Uh, he knocked and knocked and knocked. He waited and then he decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do the repair anyway. I can see the tractor just <laughs> out there in the field. I'm going to sure. go do it. He was there for about four and a half hours. Yeah. Right? We're talking four or five goodness. days later. That evening, a neighbor sent his kids across to the to the farm to see if they had come back. And when they couldn't even find them, he went over for himself. And that's when he discovered the bodies in the barn. Oof. Glad it wasn't right? the kids. Very now, glad if, na- if you don't know where your neighbors are, don't send your kids. It's just mm. like a. I think that's a good rule of thumb. You don't want you don't want to find out yeah. if something's amiss. Oh, uh, I, I can I can. Bruce Wayne doesn't become Bruce Wayne without seeing his parents. <laughs> he? he doesn't become Batman without his parents dying. Yeah. Think on. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. He's Batman. <laughs> He's Batman. You so know? you know what? Send your Think kids on it. in there. Maybe but send them get, over. Get them a summer job at the morgue. Just anyway, listen. <laughs> so many back to this murder, right? So many, <laughs> so many people were uh, were fingered for it. If you know what I'm saying, over the years. <laughs> when you say "if you know what I'm saying," that makes it sound like you're saying just, something else. No, I just wondered. Oh shit! Is this an American thing? Is she going to think that they've been fingered? <laughs> or maybe it's uh, you've overthought it too long. Just say something. <laughs> So many people were fingered trying to figure this out, man. Loads of people over the years got fingered, some of whom uh, were uh, for this crime, right? An early theory was that maybe it was, you know, vagrants, the homeless, right. the traveling mm-hmm. tinkers, those kind of folk. Uh, yep. That room, uh, you know, sorry, that, that, uh, well, there was loads of money left at the house for a fucking start, right? Stacks of cash. Okay. So it, they wrote it's off vagrants because obviously not a robbery. But here's the other thing. We know that the killers had stayed in the pantry, in the property, and in the in in the surrounding area for days. The pets had been fed. Oh wow! Yes, the pets—they're not fed. monsters. Well, yeah, but fed and unharmed, Corrigan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's uh, the family wild. had a pet Pomeranian dog. It was in great health. The fucking cattle. Some of the farm cattle had been fed. Wow. Uh, food and meat were missing from the pantry. There were no leaving, you know, no exiting uh, footprints. Uh, when questioned, another guy from a nearby farm saw smoke coming from the chimney. Wow. During that the period. Balls. The, the balls. The balls on this person or people. German fucking cojones schnitzels on this lad. <laughs> right? Because you have to imagine like, okay, so for several days, nobody's coming. They're just chilling, doing their yep. thing, whatever. And then people yep. do start showing up and you're oh, still yeah. just like, wait for it, wait for it. Yep. We good? Okay, just going to keep on doing my thing here. Yep. Just keep camping out. No yep. problem. Murders. You know, the bodies are chilling quite nicely. Yeah. Now, the, very interesting to me, right? And you know how sometimes I like to kind of talk about, oh, heh, the time since this event is longer than the time right. since that event. And now, this murder was in 1922, right? Early 1922. Mm-hmm. The file was only closed in 1955. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the final interview of this 
uh, around this crime took place in 1986. Oh, wow. I was alive. I, too, was alive. (laughs) While the fucking Hinterkaifak murders were still being investigated. And here's this... Here's what really just wraps this up beautifully to me, right? Um, a, a nearby uh, kind of police academy. Not like that. Not like a comedy one. An actual... Where they actually... And it isn't just, you know... On the other hand, I don't think I was alive for a police academy. <laughs> so don't worry about that reference. <laughs> it was like Zed and Sweet Chuck getting it up to all sorts of hijinks. Sure. Get it, to put the wind up. Captain Lassard. Um <laughs> This was actually a police it's, it's academy. It's all gibberish. You could be making all of this up as far as I know. Come on, where my police academy stands at. Anyway, right? <laughs> they reopened this case almost as like a kind of an academic exercise in 2007. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Revisited the case using Let's kind get of, our kids on it. See, exactly. You know, break modern out, technology. Break out the fucking CSI, all that, right? Now, they all obviously couldn't really do a great deal with a you know an 80 80 90 year old case at the time but right the most the most the most captivating thing for me about this is that uh using modern techniques using modern kind of you know fucking forensics and whatever the fuck they did they <laughs> all independently agreed everybody at the Polizeifachhochschule at Fürstenfeldbruch <laughs> right they all agreed independently on who they thought the killer was <gasps> So they do, they weren't consulting with each no, other. They no. all came to the same this conclusion. This was an academic exercise. They all agreed on who the killer was, but because the killer has or may have living descendants, they ain't saying shit. They can't say? They ain't <gasps> saying nothing. No! Yeah, man. How good is that? See, if this was America, that would have been all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Privacy? Fuck you. That's right. <laughs> This That's is, right. This is true crime we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, so Mark, that is a devastating end to this story. <laughs> yep. Devastatingly uh, dissatisfactory, but that's my life. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Listen, how you been? Are you, uh, are, are you feeling renationalized yet? Are you feeling... <laughs> uh, yeah. Mostly, I think. I kept on saying like accidentally using British phrases with my sister last week that I think, here's the thing. Mm. It's like that process of when you're in another country and you're trying to make yourself understood, you try to talk like the people that you're with, you know, (laughs) call chips crisps and, you know, uh, fries chips and all this kind of stuff. Um, And then when you come back, it's like recoding. So you're so used to constantly trying to encode your speech yeah yeah then yeah. it's like plus my brain is going through several hoops to get back to my normal <laughs> all pointless in the first place because the brits who you're trying to navigate your communication through are expecting you to say weird shit anyway yeah right <laughs> like they know i'm gonna you know? talk funny it's fine so, 
but it feels like the, you know, the no one benefits. considerate thing to mm. do to attempt to meet people on their level. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm mostly getting back in the swing of of being here. But it was a weird week. Obviously, last week we talked and my house had fallen apart. Yeah. Um, and my sister arrived like immediately. <laughs> so it's been a, an unusual week. Do you need to maybe plan a bit less? Have a bit less you on to... your plate? Like maybe oh, kind of man. take a step back and look at everything you've got going on and go, right. Uh, am I getting the most out of my life at the minute? Am I getting the best out of it that I could be getting at the moment? And if I'm not, would it help me to maybe just cancel a few things? Uh, what, am I going to cancel my sister? Well, it depends. Is she I would racist? happily cancel the roof falling down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my sister is not racist, uh, so she gets to stay. Um, yeah, I would happily have canceled the roof falling down in the basement no, flooding. Unfortunately, mm. uh, there wasn't much that I could do about that. And I'm normally quite happy to to keep busy. I find that it helps me be more productive and things like that when there's a lot going on. And, and I, I know so. this about you. For you, being busy yeah. is, is almost a coping mechanism in itself, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. If I have too much time on my hands, mm. uh, it's hard for me to accomplish anything. So, you know, if I want to, like, get shit done, do things, it's best if I'm trying to, like, you know, squeeze it in between all kinds of other things. Is this it does like make when... it so that then when things go wrong, I'm like, uh-oh, I did not leave time for that. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for you, getting getting the important stuff done is like when you try to hide, like, a like a pill in some cheese for a dog. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly so You it. wrap it all up That's in other pointless it, shit yeah. that you might mm. be able to deal with. And before you know it, you've done something. I've swallowed the pill. Meaningful, yeah. yes. Yep, exactly. I just need the cheese for my pill. That's how uh, I live my life. Yes, we all um, need the cheese. <laughs> so it's been a weird week, but I feel like I'm... I'm settled back in. And actually, you know what's really nice is jet lag coming this way is always a bitch, right? Just the worst coming this direction. Oh. Um, but I'm, like, trying to utilize it. So now I've just been, like, on that, like, go to bed early, wake up early schedule. And that has been really nice. I, I'm i here acting all surprised, like, jet lag <laughs> goes in a different direction. If you go in a different direction. But that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot harder to come this way and lose mm. five hours yeah, or gain five hours, gain five hours than it is to lose five hours going the other way. Because then you just go to bed when you get there. <laughs> like, exactly. You get to the place you're going, you're like, oh, it's nighttime, go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> when you come back, it's like, no, I still have half a day left. Uh, and it's really hard to adjust to. Uh, I suppose you're desperate to hear how the weekend went? Desperate to hear how the weekend went? Well, yes, oh, yeah. Corey. It was, you know, the coronation of the king, <laughs> Corey. I do know that. I, I watched a few minutes of it, and it was the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely terrible, wasn't it? Just terrible. Um, so your family, like, yeah. went and watched this? Like, had, like, a, like, went to a coronation party or something? Or, like, what Yeah, just, the... just exactly that. So, uh, you you know, everyone who listens to Joag knows that Laura is all over this stuff. She fucking loves it. <laughs> uh, so, yes. She they, couldn't have, she could not have enjoyed that. I refuse to, but like, not on like a, you know, love in the monarchy, whatever level, but like, it was deeply, here's what is confusing to me about this, okay? And yeah. you, I think maybe you can explain this for me. 
like England in general, the UK in general, is like not super Christian, right? Like not no, like no, here where everyone's nah. actually Christian. Nah. And uh, King Charles elected to have an actual sermon, yep. which according to BBC America is yep. like not normal. Like he chose that and that's not like a regular thing they do. And so it was just like the most boring church service. It was terrible. People really enjoyed watching this. Uh, nobody kind of, it, it wasn't like on big screens or anything like that. It wasn't okay. like being like people going fucking balls right. out in Wembley Stadium for it. No. All right. Um, you know, there was a stone of destiny as well, which I'm delighted with. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a thing which is, uh, isn't fictional. It exists. Yeah, of course. No, that's definitely real. Uh, yep. And, you know, <laughs> cost us millions to get to Scotland and back. Mm. Uh, and had protection all its way down. There was like a guard assigned to guarding the Stone of Destiny. Feels like if it was a real Stone of Destiny, it wouldn't need guarding. Oh, that's a really good point. Surely it was that. It was ever thus written in the stone. Didn't the Pope give him something weird too that like goes on, went on like his uh. carriage or something like that? Is that what those sausage fingers are, eh? Uh, I don't sure. know. Such a, I don't just know. a deeply weird display, and it is odd to me. Very strange. Very strange. Anyway, that people enjoy watching that. Very strange. But no, to 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 talk a little bit more about Laura. Um, <laughs> I am more and more coming to believe that she's she's got to be lying about half of this stuff she says she's into. <laughs> she's got to be taking the piss. <laughs> but what she does enjoy is a nice community event. Right. right. That okay. I can get that's, on board with that. I understand that. That's something she fucking loves. Chatting mm-hmm. with strangers. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, these are my children. Ha <laughs> ha. Um sure. That and things of that nature. Uh, yeah. and she'll she'll attend a community event under the thinnest of pretexts, be it okay. a churchy event or oh, is there a king now? She will just <laughs> she'll come along and eat your sandwiches. Um Okay, fair enough. So that's that's what they were doing. That makes sense. What did mm. the boys think? Did you talk to them at all about it? Uh, they were profoundly bored by the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I imagined. Obviously, Laura drags them along with her, but we, you know, we made up for it. We went to see Guardians of the Galaxy the next day. Good. And hopefully now, surely to fuck, hopefully now, Coronation's finished. Yep. Uh, you've returned to America. Yep. Surely now things will settle down. Surely now things will chill. <laughs> Is this what was, like, contributing to just the instability of the world was simply that I was on the wrong yeah, land, the, Max? The geopolitics. It was the king not having the crown yet and Corrigan being in the wrong, the ge- on the wrong The continent. geopolitics were all wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think things are about to go back to normal. I think things will go back to normal now, yes. Yeah, exactly that. Well, it's good to be here, and, and I mean, I do miss it there, um, but it's yeah. good to be back to us doing our thing, mm-hmm. all of that, um, although I... Also, again, enjoyed getting to do stuff, Joag things together. I now uh, I'm going Did to. Did you get all the footage? The by the way, of... did you get everything that I, I sent? Haven't, I haven't tried yet. But, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm uh, excited to start the voyage of trying to put all that footage together mm. that we created and get it out to you, our dear listeners. Should be mm. a good old time. What I am really hoping is that in in like in one of the scenes that we filmed. Perhaps we'll see like a spooky, bright-faced 
child in the background who wasn't there Ooh, you know wasn't there before well, somebody there was the you you sent me a picture from the drone when we had <laughs> been shooting drone footage and i was like oh there was a guy just a geezer sat there yeah. <laughs> just some guy who was probably like the fuck's that fucking <laughs> you're flying that thing drone over. Wanker. I yeah. yeah i don't think either of us saw him while actually no. filming that so yeah, you never know what other strange apparitions might appear. Uh, and obviously, because I don't remember what I'm doing one day to the next, I'm looking forward to seeing mm. it for the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be glorious. Um, I'm already really excited about some of the blooper things to put up. In fact, there's one story you told, Mark, um, that I am considering just simply putting one entire take of the story <laughs> as a blooper. <laughs> Was it, Just uh, all hmm, eight minutes of it. Would it. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah. Yeah, so deeply <laughs> unusable. Uh, Is there such a thing as like an AI real time fact checker? Because that, <laughs> that would be quite yeah, cool. Yeah, that'd be one solid use. <laughs> Just um, put a couple. Well, it's a funny. Yeah, in this clip, as you will see when I eventually do, do post this. Uh, <laughs> There's, I'm sort of live fact checking, and Mark is deeply ignoring me, and just keeps saying mm. the wrong things I over would and over like again. Like to just run a couple of my cold opens through such a machine. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Mm. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, excited to be putting that stuff together. Yes. Um. Hey, watch along. Yes. Uh, whatever yes. you're doing on the 27th of March, fucking cancel it right now. Uh, yep. because it is time the time has come and I did say March didn't I I didn't mean that I said I meant May right whatever month it is this year isn't real time yep. isn't real go through your calendar and cross everything out because you're going to want to be with us mm-hmm. at half eight GMT half three why half eight why? you make up a new time like literally every single one of these and then you go same time as usual, <laughs> and then I have no idea what time that's supposed to be. <laughs> that is what I do. That, <laughs> eight o'clock. You, eight o'clock is when we do this. You've just, <laughs> you've just answered that really brilliantly. And and then what I do, which is the cherry on the cake, uh, on the cake, is to go same time as always. <laughs> no, sir. Any fucking time, right? I am right uh, now going to decide. Then it's half eight. Half eight our time. No, why? A why half? not? Why not? Because nobody does things that halves. So why do they exist? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> Half gang on the twenty seventh. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Half eight, I, Half eight means eight thirty. By the way, because we don't use that term. Eight thirty is what time he's talking about. I'm wide open to uh, theme pitches as well. Ooh, but here's the thing: yes, don't just don't just give me don't, like just like say. I don't know, argument movies or whatever. You've got to pitch it to me, right? I want oh, to know okay. why. I want to know why and I want to know what some of the classics are. Oh, okay. Come at me. Excellent. Come at me. Yeah. Any ideas for themes? Let yeah. us know. Otherwise, Mark will pick something and who knows what who we'll knows? end up with. Who knows what it'll be? Who knows what it'll mean to either of us? Who knows mm. when it will happen? Help me out <laughs> and get involved. Yes, please. So May 27th, put that on your calendar. Did I tell you... Somebody has made another attempt at hacking my Discord. I had two emails out of nowhere, mm. middle of the afternoon. Uh, it did disturbing. give me a, uh, a an approximate city of access as well. <gasps> oh, where did they come from? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 
Hey, Deadman97. It looks as though someone tried to log into your Discord from a new location. New location. Uh, just gives me an IP address and United States. Oh, is it me? Am I, I wondered if it was you. I did wonder if it was you. <laughs> uh, it was two attempts, one right after another. And then you'll be proud of me. I then went and set up uh, two-factor authentication. Why would I be proud of you for that? Well, I don't know. I just thought that you might like that. <laughs> just like, you just feel like I like when you're responsible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of you, Mark. Good job. Thank you. I do hate two-factor authentication, but it is a good idea to have on uh, everything. And I have found another notification here that gives the IP address and then the location is New York. Oh, shit. Did I do this? Did you? Do you <laughs> log into our Discord? I don't think there's any way for me to log into your Discord. That wouldn't make no, any sense. No, it, it, it isn't Jog. It's Deadman97. Someone's coming yeah, from me specifically. Own. Yeah, it's not me. Who the fuck would, I think I, would yeah. want my identity? I don't know. That's super weird. Because mm. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like I've logged into something of yours. I've logged into your... Um, so when I'm out and about, if I didn't have your little Wi-Fi thing, sometimes there would be... Like, do you still uh, have that, by the way? I do still have that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this is what happens when you don't say goodbye to me. You just jump no, out of a taxi in the middle of the night. <laughs> but when I didn't have that, sometimes I would go places and have the little BT Wi-Fi thing. Aww. And so I would sign in with your <laughs> your credentials for Excellent. that. And I was like, I wonder if he's getting an email that there's like some rando <laughs> signing into his shit. No. Uh, and that's me. But hmm. anyways. Uh, so Discord... Yep. Uh, put your two-factor authentication in, get on there May 27th, get on there yep. May 20th for book club. You still have plenty of time to read What's how, the book this to, month? how to Sell a Haunted House by nice. Grady Hendrix. Mm. Um, it should be a really fun time. I'm enjoying what I've read of it so far. Um, this is like, I love this time of year to read. It's basically like... I love reading in the like springtime sun, like outside. I love reading in the springtime rain, like on the porch. Like, oh, it's just such good reading season. Uh, so yeah, hmm. I'm stoked on on getting this. Getting Not this one for right now, but does I mean I guess it must do based on what you just said there. Does does your environment and your setting and you know the ambient temperature and whatever impact the experience of reading a book? Deeply, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm like very finicky about how I take in any form of media. <laughs> so all the conditions have to be just right for me to absorb anything. I'm sure I'm sure we've watched movies together, like, you know, separated by the ocean, but together, like in right. some dubious circumstances. You'll check a film on anything. Well, well yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of times I would never watch a movie at like 4 p.m. Right. <laughs> unless I'm watching it with you. Yeah, uh, fair enough. But, you know. That's different, you know, other than I'm sure that. Christopher Nolan and David Lynch wouldn't <laughs> approve of where you've viewed some movies. <laughs> I mean, I always watch them on my TV. It's just like the sun streaming in and yeah, 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 adding yeah, yeah. a nice glare and things like that. Mm. So join us, dear friends, for both of those things on the Discord. The link uh, is in our link tree or go to jackofallgraves.com slash book club or just jackofallgraves.com. You can get the link tree there. Either way, yep. you'll get on the Discord. Have fun with us. Yes, we love to see you. We love to know that you love to be there too. <laughs> a weird way of putting it. We're in a we're in an odd mood. It's been a weird week for both of us. So yeah, sure has. We're just pushing along, and we're glad you're here with us. Yeah. Um. What did you watch this past so, week, Mark? I think we've both again started getting back in the swing of our media intake. Yeah, it's been great to to 
actually fucking catch up on some movies that I wanted to see for God knows how long, but never bothered with. Where do we? Where do we? Where do we go last? Yeah, Chud, Chud was the last thing. Chud was the last thing, and what's funny is that like. I was talking to Al about this earlier, actually, about how the video on demand window is like shortening. Tiny. So everything that I saw in the UK ah, this yes. past month is like yes. now on VOD, yep. which is great. So now you're catching up with all the stuff that I talked about <laughs> this yeah. past month. And boy, howdy, have I. Um, so should we kick off with Renfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with Renfield. A little experiment here, right? A Renspiriment. No, that's not very good. Did Have you looked at my... Rating for Renfield yet? I did, yeah. Shit, okay. Would you but, have guessed okay. it? I think you would have guessed it. Yeah, I think my guess was... I actually don't think that I had guessed exactly, but I think what I said about it was that I was mm. like, I think you're going to like like it fine, but you won't like it as much as Exactly I that. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. I liked it, didn't love it. Um, I'm starting to frustrate myself now at... <laughs> uh, at when I notice the point in a movie where I'm adding and removing half of stars, sure, yeah, depending yeah. on what's going on on screen at that exact moment, uh, mm-hmm. it's winding me up because obviously, if I say to you, "Don't think of a carrot," you think of a carrot, don't you? Right. Yeah. You How can't can you talk say yourself out of not? Yeah. Letterbox sting in your head. Let- letterbox sting. I love that. <laughs> uh, no, you can't, and I hate it. But and, and even now, to the point where when I think back at about movies i remember the times during the movie that i added or deleted a star <laughs> instead of remembering oh no, the film itself. Fucking it's your terrible. highlight reel so uh it's a very gag heavy uh, heavy movie right the the yeah. swing rate is very high if the hit rate maybe isn't so much sure um that said i uh, i remember very clearly two haha <laughs> not just lols because no one lols anymore no one actually this was a glol a g-l-o-l a genuine laugh out loud Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? A couple of, it, it did get a couple of glolls out of me. Um, <laughs> there's a running joke, and it, it, I'm sure you've all seen Renfield by now. Everybody uh, who I know who listens to us has been has posted saying they've seen it. Right, yeah. um, there's a running gag in the first kind of third of uh, Dracula getting just repeatedly fucked up by vampire hunters. <laughs> uh, and, you know, going elsewhere in the world to, to, to kind of lick his wounds and recuperate. And he uh, there's a fantastic gag where Dracula gets a massive window full of blazing sunshine and he's in flames and Renfield scoops him up and goes, Master, are you okay? <laughs> and it's literally just Nicolas Cage's voice coming out of like a, a, a smoking black lump of flesh and it's over the top gory and you don't see it coming and they really <laughs> went in so hard on the gore for effect and it's yeah. and, <laughs> and he just goes, no! And it was funny as fuck. It, w- yes. it would have been worth what I paid to see it. Nothing. Uh, just <laughs> for that one gag. Um, so whatever else I got out of it after that gag was a bonus. And it, yeah, it's a good laugh. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I think Anna's review of it was, I think, very fair of like, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very funny and all that kind of stuff. It does the copaganda of it gets grating and I deeply can't stand yeah. Aquafina. So between <laughs> Aquafina being there and a cop... And it being like weird yes, propaganda. It must have been doing something right. It's uh, yeah, like it's doing something right that I liked it anyway. But it is grating yeah. uh, that that is so much of the storyline as well. You don't you don't really need the emotional hits of that. I'm enjoying oh, God, no. Renfield. God, no. Yeah, um, <laughs> he was great. I was also del- he was Nicholas Holt was excellent, and it, it's just lovely to see some 
fresh horror IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Which looks as though yeah. it's had a few quid spent on it. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know? Um, it's got some lovely uh, some lovely choices up there on the screen. The colour palette is beautiful. It's got this yeah. weird greens and reds in situations mm-hmm. where there are no weird greens and reds. It's just, that's how it's lit. <laughs> Fuck off. Right. Um, which I, yeah, all about that. CG gore, take off half a point. Sure. Wacky fucking colour palette, add half a point, you know? <laughs> right, it yeah. It comes, it goes. <laughs> yeah, mixed bag, I suppose. But Two yeah, I mean... I think that's about where I would have, where I'd put you, and mm. um, I enjoyed it a lot more. But also, I think seeing it on the big screen helped for me, and, you know, and I just tend to like kind of goofier horror comedies than you do in general. Yes, you do. Um, right. I've got, let's do an experiment. Next time you okay. and I are watching a film together, we uh-huh. don't letterbox it. I, I don't letterbox it two-thirds of the way through, right? <laughs> Right. We watch it, and then before we put it up on Letterbox, we uh, guess, guess the, the others start rating. Love that. Yes, okay. let's do it. <laughs> what was yours for Enfield, by the way? I'm going to guess four. I think I, yeah. Well played. Yep. Uh, do you have I, any? Well, on the sort of similar note to Renfield, I watched a terrible horror comedy uh, called Blood Sucking Bastards, which oh, is nice, a, yeah. 2012 vampire comedy um mm. which stars fran Kranz, which is why i watched it even though i love fran Kranz. yeah he has the worst agent in the world and everything <laughs> he's in is terrible um aside from he is in the new season of party down um but other than that yeah he is he's in awful movies all the time uh, so blood sucking bastards. I like turned on shout TV one day and it was part way through. So I just rewound it to the beginning and, uh, yeah. recorded it. And, uh, it not only has Frank Kranz, but then about 10 minutes in 15 minutes in Pedro Pascal. Oh, well, there we up. go. There I was we like, go. what? Totally, I had no idea when I recorded this. Um, and of course he's just charming as all get out and everything. And he plays your big bad in the movie. Um, so it's like an office vampire uh, comedy thing, which yeah. spends way too much of the movie, like, setting it up. <laughs> so, you know, for a movie that's only like an hour and a half long, oh, wow. like, 45 minutes of this movie Solid is, like, exposition. Just, yeah, just office mm. stuff and, like, office drama and, you know, this guy's in love with this girl and, you know, this person in the office is annoying and like the, and you're like there's like not enough movie to justify <laughs> all of this <laughs> like uh. i get it in in 10 minutes i could have gotten the entire office dynamic here and we could have yeah. moved right on into yeah. vampire mayhem uh so yeah i don't <laughs> don't recommend bloodsucking bastards unless you're a pedro uh complete completionist in which case obviously you've got to watch it and he's handsome and you know does like uh, does Frank Krantz get out his unnecessarily buff torso? No, you don't even get to see unnecessarily ripped Fran. And I say that I I mean every syllable of unnecessarily. There's no <laughs> it's, absolutely yeah, it's just, no need <laughs> for a man who's never played a role in no. which he needed to have that, and is just like he's ripped as if he plans on playing Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what really. are you? What really. does your agent convince you he's getting you roles in? Because he's not doing that. 
<laughs> it's uh, okay. definitely not what's happening here. Something Laura and I like to do, uh, and she's better at it than I am, but let's see, okay. will you be? How mm. old is Frank Kranz? Ooh, that's, that's right. actually really tough. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm actually pretty good at this, but he is. I know you are. I was... I'm looking at photos of him now, right? And he looks as yeah. young, if not younger, than he did in he, Cabin in the Woods. Exactly that. Because <laughs> I was actually thinking this when I was watching Party Down the other day. So and he young. showed up. And I was like, he hasn't aged. Um, and I am going to guess he is 41. If you mu- you are- Show me a screen grab of your fucking desktop right now. <laughs> My hands are right here. You can because see. Because he is indeed. He's 41. <laughs> nice. Very good, actually. Yeah. But he looks exactly the same as he did on, like, Dollhouse <laughs> 15 mm. years ago or whatever. Um, uh, so there you go. Blood-sucking, blood-sucking bastards. bastards. Don't recommend it unless, you know, you want to see the internet's zaddy. One star. Yeah, I think, well, uh, yeah, I might have given it one star. Somewhere. Okay. Okay, listen. How's this, right? In in an attempt to understand the ways, <laughs> the fucking magic that went into Avatar The Way of Water, I thought I'd take another run at it, right? Thought I'd Can have I another go. stay awake this time? I did try and stay awake this time. And I got to, I got two thirds of the way through. Did you, wait, really? Yes, I made it two thirds of the way through a second time. Wow, it, that's hilarious because you did text me. I feel like around then you were like, I'm almost there. <laughs> I was like, surely, surely he shall well, make it. The waters of Pandora claimed me a second time. Um, it right, all the more incredible, right? All the more fucking insane on a cultural level that this film <laughs> has made so much money and impacted on so many people's lives and left no mark. No it is, mark it is, at all. It is the. It's, it's the, incredible. It's the world. It's like a Captain Planet of a movie. It just. Picks up after itself, leaves no pollution. It's sustainable. Like, honestly, Avatar is like conflicting because on the one hand, right, you've it's a guy's vision. It's his artistic vision. And there's like something to be said for James Cameron's just like, fuck you, I make there's my shit. There's so much to be said for that, right? And like, so on the one hand, like part of me is like, yeah, right on. On the other hand, it's like the most cynical way that that would happen because the only reason he gets to do yeah. that is yeah. because his useless <laughs> movies yeah. Yeah. make a shit ton of money and they mean nothing and they nothing. do nothing. And right. in fact, in all fact, they do is just make money. <laughs> yeah, I would go further, right? If I really, really try and scour a fucking memory of Avatar The Way of Water from my, from my cerebellum, upon which it is still freshly resting, by the way. Sure, yeah. It hasn't yet bedded in. It's still right there. I should, by all physical kind of right and wrong, be able to just pluck fresh memories of this film. Uh, But I cannot. And the only memory I've got from it is of, like, an anecdote of really kind of shaky veracity back in the early days of production. With Jim Cameron tweeted, some studio guy came in and asked me if my movie could be half an hour shorter. He doesn't got a job anymore. Or something like that. (laughs) You... Why does he sound like like <laughs> Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China? He does. Like... Get out of here, you fucking... <laughs> you ain't got a job anymore. <laughs> uh, my only memory yeah, of Avatar, the day power. after seeing it, is 
anecdotes about the mistreatment of behind the scenes executive staff. <laughs> it's like the one time you actually feel bad for an executive when you're like, that's kind of not fair. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit of a dick move, sir. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make it 20 he, minutes longer now. He has a now. family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Good grief. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, no opinion. No opinion. Yeah, Still no like, opinion. Yeah, like, how can you? It's so weird. I, like, honestly, again, I haven't seen this. It's just when I see, like, all the, like, four or five star reviews from friends on Letterboxd, I'm like, yeah. but you've never mentioned it in your real life. What do you give five stars to Maybe that just, all of like, the really meaningful no stuff happens in the last 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that that's what it be. is. Yeah, it's like the very end of the movie is like extremely powerful. Sigourney Weaver dies and is there. resurrected again. <laughs> is that what happens? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <sighs> um, I do, do, do. watched uh, a movie, another terrible movie, yesterday. Like I said last week, I'm kind of in a zone where like I'm in the mood for shitty horror. Mm. Um, I don't know. There's something comforting in a shitty horror movie. Maybe it's because I miss my dead and lovely friends since I haven't been here for Scream and Chat for so long. Um, But uh, I watched a movie called The Ledge on Hulu. I believe it's 2022 that that came out. Um, Okay. Just for the Brits among us, The Ledge that you put something on or the ledge that you hang off, or the guy, ga- uh, you know, Gary's a fucking ledge. <laughs> the ledge. The other kind, the other yeah. kind. <laughs> I might watch that other movie, but right. that's not this. It's not uh, the ledge that you go for cheeky Nando's from... with. Right, okay. <laughs> exactly, not that. Um, however, inexplicably, this is one of those movies where the cast is clearly British, um, but they're playing Americans. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. All of them. It's you know this is my spiritual gift, right? Like <laughs> yeah, of course. Seeing Evil one Dead Rise, hearing one person talk and going, "This is Australian," even though they're supposed to be American. And with the ledge, the moment someone talked, I was like, "Is this British?" <laughs> um, and, and sure it's how enough, old? It up and, uh, it's like a year old. It's like twenty twenty two. That they would um, give it nice... that that kind of confusing a title in Britain a year ago. Well, and here's like the whole movie feels like it's from like 2002 and I kept having to remind myself mm. that it was recent because it's like like the, even if maybe they had make it made it take place in 2002 would be one thing but it's supposed to yeah. be modern and you meet there's the no characters there's no in intended it. ambiguity in the title at all no mm. it is absolutely supposed to be now they use iPhones you know things like that um, they use Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But the premise of this is basically that these two girls are going climbing, uh, very similar to uh, Fall. No, what was the name of the The Fall? Movie? The no, Fall is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah, they're yeah, on yeah. the top of the big pipe. One hundred percent. Which Peter has yeah. been badgering me to watch, um, oh, but God. I simply have no interest so in watching bad. that. Um, and like that, it's like so. Two girls are on this climb thing and one of them is clearly uh recovering from the memory of losing her partner um and so you know they're going on their first climb after her partner has died in a climb they actually don't reveal that part till the end but like it's very obvious the whole movie (laughs) that's what happened (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) we can tell by these flashbacks where this is going um, but so that's kind of set up and then they they meet this other group of like four guys um, and they, you know, kind of flirt a little bit. 
they're on the ground at the time. Okay. And one of these girls kind of makes fun of them because they're taking an easy hike up the top. These guys are like, well, one of the guys specifically is like a super alpha male. It makes no sense that the other three are hanging out with him, except that apparently he fought a bully when they were children and they all feel beholden to him. (laughs) And so here's one of the reasons why it feels like it was made so long ago is that this guy comes in and he's dropping like the F slur and like, you know, calling things gay and like all this stuff that it's just like people don't talk like that in 2023. Um, And so in order to like get back at this girl for calling him out, he basically tries to rape her. Um, his friends catch him and pull pull him off, but then through a series of events, the girl ends up dying. And ah. the, you know, the friends now and him are caught up in this trying to cover because the other girl caught it on video. And so now she's racing up a ledge, this big cliff yep. face. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how to get to her. And this is the entirety of the movie. Um, and it's just like the characters are like so dislikable and it makes no sense for them to be like there's like of course one really good guy amongst them and they're all just getting like killed off one at a time as this psycho yeah. guy is you know and doing if, his thing if if you're a character who's been friends with that character for ages and they've done heinous shit that you know yeah, about you're like, and you're still their friend you're also the bad guy Right. And it's like the degree of heinous things that he's done is kind of like comes out over the course of the movie. So they didn't oh, all see. know like yeah. how heinous, but they knew he was a dick. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you yeah. you went to Italy to go camping with this guy. Like, make up an excuse. Yeah. Like, him fighting yeah. your bully for you when you were 12 is not enough of a reason for this. Certainly not. Um, yeah. And it's clearly like like the female characters get like no development at all in this movie. So you're just kind of stuck with these guys as this girl who has very little dialogue just climbs a wall and they and gets wailed on occasionally by someone trying to stab her or beat her with something or things like that. It's just it's bizarre. It's a bizarre movie. So yeah, the ledge is like a giant waste of your time. Mm. Don't don't do it. Hulu can be hit or miss. They do have a lot of horror. Um and some of it are like really hidden gems. This is not one of them. Stay away from the ledge. Uh, I shall back away from the ledge. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got you. Uh, hey. Hey. Isn't it hey. nice to be surprised by a film? Isn't it nice oh. to have a film that, without trickery or chicanery, actually just wins you over? Here, here. Wins you over with actual funny comedy, with uh, uh, a, a disarming sincerity, which is yes. funny. You know what I mean? Which has the action, which is, oh, hey, that was surprisingly violent. I've just described (laughs) some of my feelings towards Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, which this one I predicted wrong. I Ah. thought I liked this one a lot and I thought that you would like it again, but I thought you would like it less than I did. No, you have a start up from me. Uh, Now, we know our scales are different. I you generally mark. Better than I did. So did that mean I liked the film more or less than you thought I would? Can't remember. No, you marked it high. So you marked it four, and I did three point five. And a four for me is like a four point five. Yeah, like for me, that's yeah, that's huge. Which yeah. I think, honestly, I rewatched it this week too, and I probably feel like I'd move it up to a four as well. But I was, yeah. I was surprised. I didn't think you were gonna like this one as much as it's you did. Excellent. Uh, I'll yeah. let me put something to you. Mm. Um. His his mate. Who's the fee- Who's the? What's the girl role in this? What's her name? The character. Uh, which girl? 
the his his fucking mate, the tough girl, Michelle Rodriguez. What's there? Her, you go. Yeah, her, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can't remember what her name is. It that role, right? Would one fucking trillion percent have been Gina Carano if she hadn't gone insane? It's true. <laughs> A fucking <laughs> completely. I'm. They probably wrote it as Gina in the script. Yeah. That's how totally. much that fucking part would have been hers. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, like, Michelle Rodriguez really doesn't play a lot of funny no. characters. And so I was like, oh, I don't know how well this is going to work. And she nails it. She really yeah. does crush that that role and has, she like, surprising funny timing. Like, the the bit about the deer in it where <laughs> she keeps saying that we need a deer. Um, you know, stuff like that in it that I was like, I am really pleasantly surprised at how funny she is that whole cast yes. is delightful yeah yep. and like reggae john page as well like <laughs> just that sort of flat character yes. that he plays in that is like an absolute delight and i thought he was going to be like you know heart throbby whatever throughout this and it's like he's very silly that's a yes. really silly character yeah it's it's just deeply nice to find uh <sighs> It's a magnitude behind this film, but it 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 gave me Princess Bride vibes. Yeah, absolutely. isn't it nice having a film which is just well made and does everything it tries to do really well and wins you over? Hooray! Yeah, and as someone who doesn't play D anD D but knows a lot of people who do, mm-hmm. even I was catching some of the like really good D anD D jokes in it and people i know who actually play are like, oh, there's even more of them than you can imagine. I thought there would be a few. I didn't spot a single one. <laughs> yeah, there's just like just little things in it, like the character who, you know, as uh, Reggae Jean Page's character is like explaining the complicated way in which they need to cross this bridge. You're going to need right. to do this, this, this. And he just like steps out and immediately breaks the bridge, you know, yes. <laughs> like things like that, like sort of your Leroy Jenkins y <laughs> character see, that see, way. And, okay. um, you know, there's like various things throughout this that. I was like, uh, yeah, I know I've heard people talk about this being a thing when you play the game. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a fun movie, and I'm really glad you enjoyed it. You should show it to your kids. I bet they'd enjoy it. Yeah, completely. The, absolutely no doubt. Um, it does remind me that at some point over the summer, you and I should probably have discussions about what to do to, to get me involved in some kind of tabletop game or other. Yes, because we had so many volunteers. Loads of people <laughs> biting our hand like, off for this. Yeah, uh, which was great because I then, you know, got a text message from you that was like, oh my God, I'm actually going to have to do this, aren't yeah. I? Because, yeah, the volunteers to teach you D&D was yes. high. So we will do this. This is not a joke. We absolutely will organize some... Yeah. D&D. And if someone wants to volunteer to DM, please do. I tried to convince Kristen to do it, and she was like, I'm gonna, I'll am i play, but fuck no on DMing. So uh, right. if you want to DM Mark's first uh, D&D campaign, please do let us know, yeah. and we will organize this. It's I would love, great. I would love that. I'm thinking kind of mid to late summer, maybe early to yeah, mid-August, something like that. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's get this going, team. Yes, um, I'm I into will it. track people down. Mm. But yes, if you'd like to DM, do make yourself known. <laughs> uh, it'll be great. And then we need to come right up to date and talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, don't we? Yes, we do, which we had very different reactions to. Yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> in that, you know, the, uh, 
the, on no level would I ever criticize this film because it is it's brilliant. It is a great movie. And right. as someone, yeah, said you gave to it me, a three point five, which again, that's a really good mark score. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. You've got to mark it against the other Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which I fucking love to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I it felt as though it took a bit of a while getting to where it was going. I thought it took too mm-hmm. long. I think it. Uh, I can't really back this up on the spot, but I feel as though yeah. movies which become classics don't set out to become classics. You can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell when someone feels the weight of a franchise on them as they're writing and know sure. that there's certain expectations that they pen air quotes a classic. And I yeah, think yeah, I that comes that. through with this. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it is. It's, it's, it's as subtle as the timing of it. It takes a bit long because it's trying to wring every possible bit of meaning it can out of itself mm. on the past two films to which it's beholden. Um, it's written... It's written through that lens somebody's trying to write a classic here and I, and it feels ersatz as a yeah. result I think I get that I think I more took it less as trying to write a classic as more trying to close out something like James Gunn is deeply passionate about and yeah. thus it feels grandiose in that way of something where he wanted to complete this exactly how he wanted to complete this and being so insanely successful for Marvel I think Marvel let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. Mm. <laughs> and thus, you get the, like, largeness of this that I can see how it would be interpreted as, you know, trying to write a classic that I saw it more as this is someone who deeply loves this and wants to be able to take the time to wrap up everything and to, like you said, wring all the meaning out of it and get all of that stuff out. And I think each Guardians movie I have loved more than the last, you know, Mm. (laughs) like each time I loved the first one and then the second one came out and I absolutely loved that one. Um, And this one was just knocked it out of the park for me Mm. Um, where I feel like I think Alan put this well earlier. He was like, you know, it didn't feel like 150 minutes or whatever it is to me, but but that's not to say that they couldn't have cut 30 minutes out of it. And that's how I felt that I was like, I, there was no point in it where I was like, God, this is fucking dragging or anything mm. like that. But at the same time, I'm like, sure, they, they could have cut some stuff out. Mm. Um, but yeah, this one just, yeah, really hit hard for me. I felt like, to me, I think what I said about it was that like I had forgotten what it felt like to care about the MCU. And one of the things about this is that for all of that, it doesn't feel like... It's just a part of a setup, right? I think Isn't it every... interesting? Isn't it interesting that it gets you to care by mm-hmm. all but essentially moving itself away from the main timeline completely? Right, yeah. And it's like they're obviously introducing Adam Warlock, who we're going to see more of and things like that. But I felt like every, all the other movies in the MCU since uh, Endgame mm. have pretty much felt like their purpose is simply to move along and introduce you to yep. what is going to be important later. Uh, it's like watching episodes of TV shows as opposed to getting a full story. And this is a full story. Oh, it's <laughs> huge. Know? It is, yeah. It's, it's huge, yeah. And it's, you know, it's all within this. So, like, they introduced me to things that clearly are going to be important but tricked me. I wasn't thinking about it, you know? <laughs> I yeah. was not thinking about, like, oh, how how is Adam Warlock going to fit into yeah. the rest of this? I was like, I'm just invested in this story that is happening before so, me. So, 
have they have they all been disappointing since Endgame then? Because a lot of people say this. I hear this a lot. I mean, and- obviously, I am one of three people on Earth that liked Eternals, so there is that. It's incredible um, how just how many there are, even since Endgame, which feels like a year or two ago. They've been right. like another. <laughs> There's been so many fucking fifteen uh, films since then. Yeah, and it's like That's I mean, absurd. yeah, I like. I don't like it as much as you do, but I like Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's everything has felt intermediary. Yes. And yes, it's hard it to invest in something when you feel like I'm not I'm not going to get a full story out of this movie. <laughs> you mm. know, like that I think is our like the biggest problem with this wave of it is that you just know, you know, you're, it just connects to something else. And also that you need to have knowledge from things that you may not have watched with the yes. TV shows and all that stuff, you know? That's, but I think my you've, sister I think was you've, like, you've nailed it there. Yeah. <laughs> my sister was like, D- am I going to have to have like watched other things to understand this? Because she doesn't yeah. really watch MCU stuff. And I was like, no, you've seen the other ones? And she was like, yeah. I was like, you may not understand some stuff from like Endgame. I can explain it to you real quick. <laughs> and and then they explain usually in the movie yes. what happened. Um, and it was fine as opposed to like, I feel like if I took her to like any of the other movies that have come out since Endgame, she would be like, the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, again, it is telling to me though, that, you know, to use your words, it's it's the one that you've been most invested in and Mm -hmm. it's, it's an ending in and of itself. There's a few things you know you're going to get, you know that it's going to wrap things up and it doesn't really feel like any of the others really matter too much for that few hours. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, I mean, and that is something that? that you don't get a lot of, like, that there's always a, like, are we going to get more of this? And you're like, no, this is the end of this. There's, mm. There are no more Guardians. <laughs> Just let it be. Yep. So, But I think we'd both say we recommend the new Guardians. Uh, how can you not? How can you not? Because <laughs> um, yeah. there's, there's, again, you've got a few glolls in there. Uh, I'm oh, ke- yeah, I'm taking I'm keeping that by the way you're gonna hear Glow a like bit it. more good yeah I'm into it good um it's something I used to say about the MCU as a whole but just three movies that dense and that mm. you know all tonally really you know the all nail the tone while still feeling different in terms of their content um, yeah even that in itself is an achievement. Uh, yeah. I I don't say that about the MCU as a whole now because it feels like it's it's not it's it's too inconsistent to really yeah. say that and mean it. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, th- those three films are fantastic, and uh, I would dread to you know something I do I do still say often is that what we could have had if Peter Jackson hadn't have met the Hobbit, <laughs> what might we have had, and what might still we get. Had James Gunn not gotten involved in superheroes, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Damn. Slither, because oh, uh, Slither and and uh, and Super were just the path he was on was the right path as far as I was concerned. Yeah, he should. Have, However, he have I think what you know is interesting about the path that he has taken is that he he really has, yes. as opposed to Peter Jackson and The Hobbit and things like that. Yeah, he has brought horror to the MCU. He has brought horror to the DCU. He's like there is violence beyond what you expect in Guardians of the Galaxy. There is yeah, so there much is, violence is, in Peacemaker is. and in yeah. uh, Just yeah. Suicide Squad. Um, you know, so I think that 
Whereas, like, it's kind of like, oh, Peter Jackson just makes, like, flowery whatever now, and we've lost whatever that guy was 25 years ago. Yep, great uh, show. You get his horror sensibilities in this. Yes, I totally agree. Well well said. Which well also put. means, if you're taking your kids to this, just be aware there's some yeah. surprising violence in this. Language, too. And language, yeah. This one goes hard. Like like I said, he clearly had free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah, good, good call, good call. Is that everything? I think it might be, you know. Uh, do, 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 yes. Nothing more from me. I think it's fair to say I've probably given up on beef. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said last week, I mean, given everything that's come out about that, I think it's fine. Fine. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Absolved. I would be, if we didn't know everything about David Show, and if uh, they hadn't put out such a terrible statement, I would still probably be like, oh, just watch it. Just do it. Mm. And now I'm like, nah, don't make yourself love something that then you kind of have to feel weird about. Uh, just going to super briefly, because it's outside of the wheelhouse, but super briefly want to just gush about pro wrestling just for a minute. Oh, just for a minute, please. maybe 90 yeah. seconds. I mean, it's big times right now for it the A-dubs. Yeah, it's big times. And I am delighted delighted to know that i and uh my brother and my two kids we are gonna be a part of history we're gonna be a part of living history Mm. living history on august the 27th in wembley um there was kind of the suspicion among british AEW fans it was going to sell well because you know we i think everyone was hopeful wanting and wanting and wanting it for a few years but did we expect 60 fucking thousand tickets on the pre-sale absolutely not Um, so insane yeah uh, it it was it was always going to be an amazing show, but the eyes of the world and the eyes of history will be on that show. So it has to be something quite magnificent. Yeah, it really does. There's a there's a lot of pressure on this, but I have no mm. doubt that it's going to be absolutely incredible. None um, at all. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, it's wild to see exactly how well this is done. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way to totally predict that. It I is. Mean, it's it's I'm historic. Sure Tony it is Khan, historic. You know doing speed and saying what he thought was going to happen here. He's like, yeah, man, it's going to be great. But uh, I think other than Tony Khan, people being more realistic were like, oh, we'll see. Yeah, Wembley, really? First time? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yes, I'm delighted to be going. And if there's any of you guys who are also going to be at Wembley Stadium Mm. on August the 27th, drop your boy a text. We'll we'll, We'll say hi. We'll have a pint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my sister wore a Danhausen shirt uh, to the street fair on Sunday. And uh, when we were at the Out Montclair uh, booth, someone there was like, oh, I like your shirt. We were like, do you watch wrestling? She was like, oh, oh, no, it's just like a cool shirt. I like the, I like the old fashioned looking guy. <laughs> oh, no, not that. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. They weren't, I, I didn't get the sense that they were like, oh, God, no. Just more of like, no. a. oh, no, I, did, I didn't know what it was. I just liked the design. Yes. Uh, good for your so, sister for letting it flag, my, uh, letting oh, her flag yeah. fly. What are you saying? Absolutely. Oh, I was just going to move on. So. Yeah, please do, please do, because it's always a, a, it's always a topic I love to chat about. So go ahead. <laughs> yes, this week, based on a text I got from you at some point, um, I proposed that we talk a bit about some celebrity deaths. That uh, have, you know, just like generally interesting details about them. Things that stick in our minds, Mm. um, you know, that keep us 
on weird internet spirals in the middle of the night, keep you trying to find Google, like trying to Google pictures of the scenes and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, Just yeah, those yeah. celebrity deaths mm. that stick with you. Uh, as a topic, it's one that, that, you know, the longer we live, the more that there'll be uh, more of this topic to chat about. I don't know. Do you have any True. thoughts we'll on... We'll never run out of these. <laughs> we'll never run out of these. Do you have any thoughts on why that it's, it's for us in particular, why it's such a fascinating topic? Because I could. I could I could read yeah. and discuss things about <laughs> dead celebrities for fucking hours. I love them. Right. And actually, it was a thing that I was thinking a little bit about. I didn't, like, delve deeply into my own psyche on this. Because, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a question that we have about all kinds of things. Why are we into what drives us to the dark? But as I was trying to, like, read stuff about things, one thing that dawned on me is that there are a lot of people who are interested in this stuff, but who are, like, very weird about it. Yes. Um, You know, you go to a site to try to look at, like, pictures of a scene of something or whatever, and the commentary from the blog that someone has written is just, like, weirdly voyeuristic and weirdly, like, I don't know, just odd. People can be Mm. very strange about this stuff, Uh, fetishizing almost of uh, celebrity death scenes. And so it did cause me to think, like, like, why are some people, like, some people are in it for a reason that is definitely not why I am. I think there's something to, like, for me, for one thing, these kinds of deaths, like a lot of celebrities die in ways that, like, simply we don't, <laughs> you know, like, yes. they're in situations that we aren't. But also this kind of, like, the facts of, I think you learn a lot of facts about celebrity deaths that you don't about this normal people's. This is it. So and, it's like, and yeah, lest they don't we tell forget. us. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I... You can't, you can't, you can't consider a celebrity to be a normal human because they simply aren't. Right. Right. Yeah. They are human, one hundred percent, of course. And I am not devaluing or cheapening anything, but they're not <laughs> right, normal. Humans. Yeah, that's not to objectify. You no, know, fuck <laughs> to no. Be like, you know, I often, I often look at celebrity deaths and the scenes surrounding them as an example of what might happen if you removed certain worries from the human condition, if you removed the need for approval or fucking money or whatever. If you take those out of the picture, what Mm. might they do? And that's the kind of the glimpse that it gives me. Yeah, and I feel like even on a level like that we can relate to, um, like if Joe Schmo dies in a plane crash... Yeah. Um. They're not going to tell us exactly what happened here. We just understand someone died in a plane crash. Whereas there's point. so much interest in celebrity deaths that it's like you can find out yep. what happens to a body in a plane yep. crash because those details are often released. Yep. So you find out things about death just as a thing yep. that you would not when you're talking about normal people. Would you like an example? Oh, I'd love an example. Um. Uh, how did Elvis Presley die? Uh, on the toilet? Yes, he did. Um, do you know one of the things that contributed to his death was constipation? Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, normal diameter of a human adult colon male is about two to three inches. Elvis's colon was up to almost six colon. inches. Colon. Up to six inches in diameter because of his incredible and morbid... <gasps> amount of constipation um opiate opiate drugs and compulsive overeating will completely fuck up your excretory system system. yes wow i had no idea i never heard that before 
Um, I guess, I've, and I've also never really thought about like physiologically what happens when one is constipated. I don't know where I thought it was hanging out, but I guess yeah. I just never thought. Oh, it's just you know, expanding uh, your colon. At his autopsy, he had a compacted poo, right? <laughs> Around four months old. In <gasps> That's possible? Yes. Four months old. Four months of constipation. That was just one, just one of the several morbidities that contributed towards Elvis Presley's death. You know... I feel like a thing about that is, okay, imagine how uncomfortable that yeah. must be, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, that feels like one of those things where, like, obviously people do d drugs for a variety of reasons. But, yeah. like, if the amount of pain you'd probably be in all the time from that, you'd just be yeah. like, more drugs, please. I'm yeah. just going like, to take shit because I can't shit. And, like, that yeah. has to compound how much already you're... Taking. If you want to get medical, uh, so this, uh, cr cr uh, uh, a term for extreme chronic constipation down to years of prescription drug abuse and high fat gorging. Yep. We'll give you a condition known as Valsalva's Maneuver. Valsalva's Maneuver. Fucking right. Valsalva's Maneuver. V-A-L-S-A-L-V-A. Valsalva's Maneuver. Valsalva's. Okay. Yes. Uh, which basically means the strain... Of attempting to defecate mm -hmm. compresses your fucking uh, 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 vascular system and gives you a heart attack. Oh wow! Yes, that's wild, isn't it? What a bummer! Isn't of a it? Way to go. Isn't it? And for Joe Schmo, as you quite rightly said, are oh, they had a heart mm -hmm. attack? Yeah, no. right. You would never have any yeah. idea that that is they the internal mechanics. Disgorge a six-inch colon after a four-month spate of fucking indigestion you know holy moly yes that's messed up man it's huge mine are not um not as physiological as that um, <laughs> mine are more let's see where where <laughs> should i start here i'm gonna start with one that recently has uh came up and was in interested me i Can can't I, remember oh, go ahead. again yeah. just for the context i, I apologize i'm a bit rabbit hole yeah, no tonight. no no go ahead you go down that rabbit hole that's what we're here for why why is it the detail? Uh, what makes a really gripping celebrity autopsy then? What makes one that really, ooh, that's a good one? I mean, I think novelty. Like learning something that you didn't yeah. know that the body could do or experience, yeah. endure. Yes. Kind of like, you know, when you talked about that one guy, obviously not a celebrity, but who got like sucked through the CD size yeah, 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 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then went you back know, to there's work. Like, <laughs> fucking loser. Like, yeah, when you <laughs> think of like what makes one that like really... <laughs> is interesting. I think something like that. Yes. Or as kind of in the ones that I picked out, often like the details surrounding what happened. Mm, um, very nice. Whether there's a mystery or mm. something about the scene that's super interesting, stuff like that. That all often yeah. pull me in. Yeah. So one of the ones that did that recently uh, came from like a, an offhanded post. I'm going to say, I think it was either in Dead and Lovely or... Last podcast on the left, one of the podcast groups that I follow, um, someone had offhandedly written something about Randy Rhodes. Okay. Um, and I had never heard of this person. Do you? Are you familiar with Randy Rhodes? Uh, you might I know, know more than I would. I know he was in like a hair metal band. Randy Rhodes. He's he's in he's in like, like a glam band, isn't he? Is he is he like so? He Go was on. the guitarist for Quiet Riot. 
There you go. Um, okay. And then, and at the time of his death, he was a uh, touring guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne, as Ozzy Osbourne had just um, split up with um, Black Sabbath and was mm-hmm. on his first solo tour. So this was March 19th, 1982. And here's my like TLDR version of it, and then I will get into Please, yeah. <laughs> why yeah, this yeah, is yeah, so yeah, interesting. Yeah. So Rhodes got into a small plane piloted by Ozzy's tour bus driver, Andrew Acock, and accompanied by makeup artist Rachel Youngblood. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, the wing of the plane clipped the tour bus, which caused the plane to spiral out of control and smash into the garage of a nearby mansion, killing all three of them instantly. Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, you know, like, shit, right? Yeah. yeah, And that's enough to get my imagination going and terrify me because to the deepest recesses of my soul, I hate airplanes Mm. and am terrified of flying. Um, So I have absolutely kept myself up at night reading about other plane crashes in which famous people have died. Because, Mm. again, well, A, I'm, you know, a bit of a masochist. And B, you learn details that you don't get about other people's crashes. Mm. Mm. So this one, though, is distinct because while that's awful enough, the details of the situation are bananas. (laughs) So let's get into the longer story here. Um, Ozzy's tour bus had parked on an estate in Florida overnight, uh, an impromptu plan because I guess the bus's air conditioning had stopped working. Right. So the driver, (laughs) Andrew Acock, was fixing it. So they just kind of stopped along their path. He was fixing the air conditioning. Apparently on this estate was a single-engine Beechcraft F-35 plane, and Acock was a private pilot, albeit one with an expired license or one that had been taken away. Yeah. Yeah. Without asking permission to do so, uh, Acock decided he'd take some folks up for a little joyride in the plane. Yeah, it's a great start. Uh, Mm. He first took up the band's keyboardist and tour manager, and during the flight, he kept flying real close to the tour bus, a thing called buzzing, uh, in an apparent prank to sort of jar the people inside, right? Like, ooh, what's that sound? Um, But this flight landed just fine. Uh, and Acock convinced Youngblood, who had a heart condition, and Rhodes, who was, like me, terrified of flying, yeah. to come up with him, promising that it'd be totes uneventful and he, Rhodes could get some nice aerial photography to bring back to his mom. He was like, I'm not going to do any tricks. We're just going to go. Sounds like a nice kid. Flight. Right. Yeah. Randy Rhodes, by all accounts, was like a wonderful man. He yeah. didn't do drugs or anything. The only thing that he did was smoke. Apparently, one of the last things that he said to Ozzy was that he needed to quit doing the drugs because they were going to kill him. Um, he, well. you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, everyone who knew him talks about him as just like a really nice guy. I mm. uh, just wanted photos for his mom. But uh, Andrew Acock didn't keep his word. Once again, he decided to buzz the top of the tour bus. uh, And this time he clipped the bus, spiraled into a tree, shearing the top off of the tree and smashed into the garage of a nearby mansion. Both Rhodes and Youngblood were ejected through the windshield and witnesses afterwards described just body parts oh man man, just strewn all over the place pieces of them further keyboardist don airy saw the crash happen and described seeing Rhodes and acock engaged in a struggle in the cockpit right before the crash 
Now, maybe he imagined it. Uh, or maybe Rhodes panicked at Acock's prank shenanigans and tried to stop him from buzzing the bus. But there's an even more sinister and bonkers theory of what happened here. Wow. You see, Acock's estranged wife was on the bus that night. And it was reported that he was trying unsuccessfully to get back together with her. Oh, my God. At the time that he was buzzing the bus, she was standing next to it. Under the influence of cocaine, it's thought that he may actually have tried to crash into the bus and kill her. Seemingly unconcerned about who else he may have taken with him in the process. Uh, some people think that by trying to take control of the plane, Rhodes actually saved everyone on the ground from the same fiery fa- fate that Holy he Holy shit. Night. Yeah, right? He was legit potentially trying to kill his estranged wife. And Randy Rhodes may have saved him from that. <laughs> so, the fuck? Yeah. Allegedly, this was not even the first fatal plane crash Acock had piloted, a fact mm. of which Sharon Osbourne was apparently aware I couldn't find record of that outside of stories about this crash, though. So I think it's a little apocryphal. Yeah. Um, yeah. He definitely yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got into a crash in the United Arab Emirates, for sure. That's where that's supposed to have happened. But I found the official report from the incident. Um, and it says in the report that the prognosis of both men on board was good. So I think that that is like just an attempt to like demonize him and maybe even Sharon Osbourne for supposedly mm. knowing that like, uh, you know, oh, there was a guy who had been in a fatal crash. She just let him do this. Yeah. Um, but you can see pictures of the scene with the garage on fire and all that kind of stuff. But from what I've read, the two who went through the windshield, like I said, were literally just bits and pieces strewn about the estate. Um, yeah. And the whole issue is considered to be in large part responsible for Ozzy's out-of-control drug use for the next several decades. Uh, as he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, he was using drugs before that, no doubt. Um, and then... You know, he was dating Sharon at the time. She was trying to get him on the up and up. And then after this happened, he basically just was like, let's just blank out life from this point forward and was kind of a lost cause after that. Hmm. Interesting. Did not know that. Thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. Very nice. Uh, Yeah. And... uh, Bits. What? What are? What are the elements that make him so grabbing, so fucking fascinating? Um, there's a certain element of oh, hey, look, they're just like us to a lot of <laughs> right, yeah, you know, absolutely to a lot of celebrity deaths, or they even can... like a. It's almost like a hmm. Guess you're not so impervious either. I think that makes people yeah interested as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, there's a, you know, they may have everything, but they can still die Get horribly. shot in the head by their wife? Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? That, that was, probably, probably seized me, that did, Phil Hartman's death. Mm. Uh, it was, yeah. uh, what are we talking, very late 80s, I want to say. It's and... got to be the 90s. Oh, sorry, did I say, oh yeah, late, late, late 90s, that's what I meant. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's um, like, that can't be. But at, at, that was a time in my life when I'd sort of I was just starting to become aware of Saturday Night Live, just starting to become aware of kind of comedy, not just uh, comedy as something with as many different flavors and different potential mm. avenues of discovery you could go down as music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, starting to recognise Phil Hartnell's name and stuff and knowing that he was on SNL in the States. That, the timing of that in the late 90s was incredible. Holy fuck, sh- shot him in the head over a domestic dispute with his fucking partner at home. Just incredible. Are there details of, like, what was what was happening? Um, Why? Why did she have a gun? What was going on? Uh, quite an entrenched uh, heroine uh, aficionado, his wife. Mm, Just okay. a big fan. Big, big, big fan. Um, and she shot him and then herself. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. During, I feel like uh, I didn't realize that part. Yes, yes, indeed. During a, a long period of uh, dispute uh, but accounts say that he'd you know the things were still quite tense even during the years of sobriety which he'd you know which he'd managed um, mm-hmm. lots of tempers lots of anger drugs and yep. ended with fucking uh, Phil Hartman getting shot in the head by his wife did did she die too or did she survive no, she shot himself afterwards she she took her own life afterwards Okay, so they both they both died in this case. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't... It just reminds me of one that I didn't research for this specifically, but kind of is along the lines of what you were saying about, like, it hit because of where you were in life and your relationship yes, to comedy yes, yes, and things yes. like that. And I remember one that, like, I just felt very weird about was um, Charles Rocket, who I believe was also on SNL or on something like that. That wasn't where I knew him from. I knew him as the dad from Hocus Pocus. Right. And then he was also, if you've ever seen the movie It's Pat, which I pro- hmm. you probably don't want to watch now because I imagine it's like horrifyingly transphobic. I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a strange um, But one. he's the guy who's obsessed with finding out Pat's gender in It's Pat. And I had like kind of like a fixation on this guy that he's really interesting, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he, when he was like 45 or no, I think it was like 50. Yeah. Just went and, and shot himself. I think it was like in the woods behind his house or something like that. God damn. Um, and that was one of those things that I remember like kind of spiraling on trying to find details of. And it's like, that's one of those where I'm like, I don't know what I wanted, but it's like almost like I wanted it to like, if I read about it enough for it to like not be true. Mm. <laughs> like that can't be. If I just like read about this enough, this is fiction and this guy's yeah. fine. He'll be in other things. And I think I still kind of do that with Charles Rocket a little bit that like. He seems so, like, vibrant and young in things like Hocus Pocus that, like, Mm. my brain can't fully process it. And it's, like, trying to find more details about his death is, like, my brain trying to really make sense of one of, like, the first celebrities that I experienced this with. Um, Finding that a celebrity has took their own life is insane, isn't it? It, it, Yeah. how, How... Take Anthony Bourdain, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm by no means the first or only person to have made this observation, but fucking his 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 life was millions of people's description of what a fantasy life would be. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mine, you know I mean? obviously, I've patterned my entire life a zillion after percent. Bourdain. <laughs> Driving around <laughs> the place, flying around it's the why place. I travel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um and. And even even in that position, you just you just don't fucking know. Somebody will take their own life. Um, right. Yeah, no, so many of my, if not my favorite vocalists or my favorite performers were certainly, you know, in my orbit. 
uh, horrible that Chris Cornell decided to end his life the, the, the way that he did. Uh, 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 Kurt Cobain, Chester Bennington. Obviously. Fucking mm. wild, wild. How can it, how well, can it have, be anything yeah. other than an illness? Right. Yeah, exactly that, right? Like, that should tell everyone, like, this isn't like, you yeah. know... People don't have the control you think they do over this when yeah. you have everything and it's like this. Yeah. One of those uh, I actually looked at as well here. Like, obviously, you know, with Kurt Cobain, people didn't want to believe that. Um, why would he? He was a millionaire. He had so many things going yeah, for him, sure. all this kind of stuff. He had a new daughter, yada, yada. So there's lots of conspiracy theories that Kurt Cobain didn't actually take his own life and was, in fact, murder. Of course, a lot of people would say, by Courtney Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while Courtney Love is a shit person, obviously she didn't kill Kurt Cobain or have no. him killed. Everything about that scene, which you can see photos of all over the internet, albeit without his corpse in it, but you can see any website, you can see, like, what was at that scene Clearly, it was suicide. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we know enough about his mental state and all of that to know that it makes perfect sense that that was what happened, right? Yeah, it does. It does. And yeah. I, I knew that at 14. Right. Exactly that. You know, it's like short. People don't want to deal with what that means or whatever. Mm. Um, but it very clearly that was what happened there. Um, the same could be said of folk singer Elliot Smith. Uh, often referred to as Mr. Misery and the unhappiest man in the land. Oh, nice. Uh, Smith was not at all subtle about the depths of his depression, writing many a song on the topic and adorning <laughs> his second album with a photo of bodies falling from a building. Oh, yeah. His next album, Either Or, was a reference to a Kierkegaard book in which, as The Guardian put it, quote, the philosopher posited that the aesthete would eventually find himself in a state of despair. Seems those inevitable. close to him, yeah, those close to him reported that he fairly regularly made what they considered melodramatic threats to kill himself. And I can imagine you would think they're melodramatic threats when it happens all the time. Yes. Uh, when he moved to Brooklyn from Portland, Oregon, he told his friends in Oregon that he would never see he, he would never see them again because he was probably going to kill himself. So, uh, on October 21st, 2002, when during an argument with his girlfriend, Smith reportedly threatened to kill himself, it was sort of par for the course. Yeah. His, his girlfriend, Jennifer Chiba, locked herself in the bathroom of their Silver Lake home until she suddenly heard a scream in the living room. When she came out, she saw Smith with his back to her. And in a scene straight out of a movie, he turned around and had a kitchen knife in his chest. Christ. Yeah. He had stabbed himself in the heart. Can you hear that? Twice. Fucking yeah. hell. Right? Exactly. Like, that's not, it's not easy peasy to do. Uh, stabbing oneself is an extremely rare way to take one's own life. Wow. Uh, according, <laughs> uh, listener, uh, right now, Mark is just... Tapping Just his own chest and imagining trying to put a knife through it. Twice. Twice. Yes, Smith. exactly. According to the LA coroner's office, less than 4% of suicides are from sharp force trauma. Mm. And as you can imagine, the ones that are from sharp force trauma are from people cutting their wrists. Yes, generally. indeed. To stab yourself in the heart, you have to turn the knife sideways and drive it between your ribs and up. 
a method that is super fucking painful and difficult. Just like considered one of the most excruciating ways to die. And we've talked about that before. Like being stabbed. Yeah, we have. We have. Horrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so doing it to yourself is yeah, just wild. Um, It must take a lot of a lot of a lot of pain. You know. Exactly right. Like the mental state you have to be in to do that is just completely on another wavelength. Fuck. Um, and it's because of this that despite his regular insistence he could kill himself at any moment, many people still think he was, in fact, murdered. Oh, yeah, okay. People said that his life actually seemed to be on the up and up, where he had once been hopelessly addicted to heroin, alcohol, and crack, <laughs> seen wandering the streets of L.A., mumbling to himself, and passed out in a nightclub bathroom with a needle in his arm. He allegedly quit the stuff in 2002. Uh, He and Sheba created a foundation for abused children, something Mm -hmm. near and dear to him as his depression is thought to have stemmed from his own abuse Mm -hmm. in childhood. From some reports, things were really good, and it seemed super strange for him to finally end his life when he was in a great place. Of course, like the Cobain situation, that's largely a revisionist account of what was going on in his life. Uh, Apparently, he was back on the drugs, and he and Sheba had an extremely fraught relationship. His mood swings were wild, making him super difficult to work with as he was helping with the recording of Chiba's band's album. Uh, People described Chiba and Smith's relationship as being like Sid and Nancy. And uh, considering Sid Vicious stabbed Nancy Spongin to death, that doesn't paint a particularly pretty picture of what was going on. Still, the medical report after his death noted, quote, while his history of depression is compatible with suicide and the location and direction of the stab wounds are consistent with self-infliction, several aspects of the circumstances, as they are known at this time, are atypical of suicide and raise the possibility of homicide. While stabbing himself twice is extreme, people who take their lives that way do often stab themselves in the chest multiple times. What was weird was his lack of hesitation wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, like, you got to kind of get up the guts to do that. You sure. Know, take a deep it. breath and hold the knife against yeah. you. So people normally will have some cuts around where they did it. Um, and no. he did not. Um, wow. He also stabbed himself through his clothing, which is obviously not what people do either, because that's just another object of resistance in your way. He also had lacerations to his hands and under one arm, which could have been defensive wounds. Um, Chiba apparently removed the knife and allegedly refused to speak with detectives, which is, you know, a little suspicious. Um, yeah. She denies that, however. Um, he had no illicit drugs in his system at the time. So if he did this, he did it fully sober. Completely clear-headed. Yeah. Uh, a post-it note was found reading, I'm so sorry, love Elliot, God forgive me, which investigators considered suspicious at the time as well. Um, So while I'm certainly not saying Chiba actually did it, (laughs) it's a mystery that lives on because it's so fucking bizarre. Yeah. And because to this day, the case actually still remains open. uh, I know you're not trying to be an Elliot Smith truther or whatever, but... Yeah, no, no, no. The fact that the case itself is open, surely, is that not indicative of something? I mean, it just means that, yeah, if I think... I think if new stuff were to come to light, yeah, yeah, they yeah. would consider it that they couldn't conclusively say this is not a murder because the circumstances mm. were 
so weird, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's tough because that's the thing is it's like, yeah, he gave every indication that he would do this. Also, if you were his partner and knew that and wanted to kill him very easily, you know that he's been saying that forever and uh, people mm. will buy that it was a suicide. So I didn't know any <laughs> of that. That was absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Mm. It's a bonkers story. Because he sometimes. One more, do you have anything else? Yeah, oh, go, no, go pl- ahead. no, please do. Please do. Well, did you have a comment there before? Because uh, some, some that grab my attention are because they're so fucking wild and messy. Um, yeah. Do you have a messy one? I do have a pretty messy one. Go for it. Yeah. Um, this one comes back uh, from a time. I, I actually very have a very distinct memory of this, of okay. waking up on September 5th, 2006, yeah. uh, to a grip of text messages from friends telling me that Steve Irwin had died. Oh, yeah, of course, uh, of course, of course. pre-Twitter, so when something like this happened, everyone just texted you instead. And hoped that, <coughs> yeah, it, hoped that it was true. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, at this point, I'm like, how did we even know this stuff? Like, but anyway, um, this was... Everyone texting me this, by the way, was because they were confusing him with my favorite wildlife host, Jeff Corwin. Oh, I so see. So I was like, oh, no, your favorite host died. And I was like, I, no disrespect to the man, but I had never seen an episode of his show in my life. It did not interest me. Um, now I think his family is amazing. I follow them on all the things, but I did not watch his show. Being the person I am, though, is definitely Bindi, captivated yeah? me. Bindi, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, good old Bindi. Uh, his death has captivated me in large part because it was, at his own request, all caught on video. Holy shit. And none of us will ever see it. Oh, come on! Yeah. So for those of us that don't remember or don't know, uh, Steve Irwin was probably the most famous wildlife host in the world in the 2000s. With his show The Crocodile Hunter absolutely dominating popular culture. He leveraged that fame into a budding career for his it, daughter, Bindi. It isn't difficult to see why he was so well-liked, though. Oh, absolutely. Fucking hell. Talk about a I guy mean, just... Just... He liked his animals, didn't he? <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Just the most enthusiastic, <laughs> charismatic, yeah. energetic. Just, he looked like a walk-in... He looked like he was going to have a heart attack at any moment. He was so just right. permanent. Yeah, he's just so thrilled and stoked all the time. At all times, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and from all accounts, like an absolutely wonderful person yeah, yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. which I think you can tell because his family are all just, yeah, insanely mm. wonderful people. Mm. Uh, so he had leveraged his fame into a budding career for Bindi, uh, who had her own show called Bindi the Jungle, Jungle Girl. Okay. Uh, and thanks to the kids I babysat after college, I still wake up with songs from her children's fitness video, Bindi and the Crocmen. Deeply embedded in my brain. Give us a little burst, please. <laughs> we are party animals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do this because it Holy will... shit, you weren't lying. You weren't kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I put I, you on the spot like, there. Every day <laughs> they would watch this. Uh, and yeah, I know every song from it. So September 4th, 2006. Uh, Steve Irwin, his cameraman Justin Lyons, and his director John Stanton decided to take a small boat out to get some footage for Bindi's show. Soon enough, they found a 220-pound stingray chilling on the ocean floor, and he and the cameraman got into the water, which was about chest deep. Now, generally, 
stingrays will calmly swim away when approached by humans. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know about this. If you're from California, when you get in the water, you're supposed to do a little thing called the stingray shuffle. Are you okay. familiar with this? Uh, no, just, I can I can visualize it though. Yeah, basically, just means you sort of scoot your feet around in the sand, sand so that you don't yeah. so that you don't startle one and it stings yeah. you. Because otherwise, yeah. they sense motion, they're off. You're right? gonna fucking die. <laughs> Well, normally they See, don't kill exactly you. This, exactly <laughs> like, this. This is, yeah. Generally, I have had many friends who didn't do their stingray shuffle and have gotten stung by stingrays, and mm. you're fine. Like wow. it's a pain in the ass, but you're okay. Um, but in this insanely rare incident, as Irwin swam over the ray, mm. instead of just quietly swimming away, it raised up its tail and stabbed him with quote. Hundreds of strikes in a few seconds. Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. Like a like a nail gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um it happened so quickly, uh Lyons didn't even realize what was going on until he panned back with the camera and found that Irwin was surrounded by a pool of his own blood. Yeah. Now, Irwin had a strict never stop filming rule. Given that his job was a dangerous one and that safety around animals was something he always wanted to promote as much as people were like, this guy looks reckless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wanted to make sure that it was caught on camera if an animal ever did end up taking him out. So Staten kept rolling as they got Irwin back to the boat wow. in excruciating pain from the venom. They worked frantically to try to keep him alive, performing chest compressions and CPR. And eventually Steve uttered his final words, I'm dying. I cannot stress enough. All of this is on tape. That's the video was wild. given. Yeah. The video was given to the police for the purpose of their investigation. And a lot of yeah. people thought because of his, you know, film it rule yeah. that Discovery Channel would air it. Come uh, on, guys. But <laughs> right. But Discovery Channel vowed never to show it. Uh, Stainton, for his part, said that the video was far too disturbing and that it should be. You're disturbing. killing me here. <laughs> Why are all these people making this decision? He said what he wanted. Um, once the investigation was done, all but one copy was allegedly destroyed, and the only remaining copy copy was given to uh, Irwin's wife, Terry, who destroyed oh. it oh. without ever watching it. Terry, come on! <laughs> she claims that the police still have one copy somewhere in a vault, yeah. uh, but it will absolutely never see the light of day. So now, obviously, there's always the chance that some unscrupulous cop will come across it someday and pop it on the YouTubes. Uh, but otherwise, there is an absolutely terrifying video of the entire violent end of Steve Irwin's life. And we simply have to imagine it. And right now, I add another list, another to my list of uh, Internet Holy Grails that I know I'll never yeah. see. Exactly that. <laughs> you've got Diana. You've got this. I've got my limo crash with that, mm. like, 20 people in it or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This uh, is so definitely we've got the limo, Man. We've got Steve Irwin. We've got Tim Treadwell, yes. We've got Owen Hart. Owen um, Hart, right, yep. yep. They, they, so far, there are four Holy Grails. Uh, yeah. And if you can and help... And this is a... <laughs> yeah, right. But nobody can! I mean, no. if you can't find something, there's no way no. that it exists. And that, you know, it's a weird thing to feel the need to see, but... 
Mm. I don't know. I think it does. Public interest. Uh, yeah, well, and, and I mean just personally, oh, right? Yeah, okay. Like <laughs> that, like often when I want to see these things, it's like, why? Why do I want to see this stuff? And it's a different yeah. compartment of my brain than a horror movie, right? Like it's 100%. not, it doesn't do the same thing for me. It's like, ooh, mm. I want to see that. It's like, I don't know. I feel like there is something about being human in the way that we die and experiencing these kinds of things for me is like kind of becoming in touch with that element of ourselves. There is no doubt in my mind that my occasional perusal of gore videos is to do with my fascination of the physical side of being human. That's all it is. Like, and you know, to an extent I get people like just well, not a being lot able of to look at stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, being like, I can't stand gore or I find it sick or things like that, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, yeah, my reaction to it, I feel like just is more about like curiosity with yeah. my body, you yeah. know, with all yeah. of our bodies. Yeah. Um, See and, it from the inside. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> there's like something to that, that I think can come across as very like dark or whatever, but it certainly mm. isn't a, you know, getting off on it situation. It's just, I don't think I'll ever not be fascinated by those kinds of things. And when you're told you can't see it, that just is like, a, like yeah. what possibly happened to this person that is yeah. like, I can't, Yep. I can't see it. <laughs> no, I mean, last week, Laura came home from work early and found me masturbating over the death photos <laughs> of Chris Farley. And she pointed out to me that I shouldn't be doing that. And she was right. You know what? I'm corrected. No, she was right. And I haven't done it since. (laughs) That's really good. I love stories of growth. Yeah. That's really what this podcast is about. Yes. Um, And no, the one I want to go out on. uh, Well, I don't want to go out. Yeah, do it. Maybe I do want to go out like this. Um, Oh. Sport has nothing to do with me, right? But I remember. Right. So, so, so clearly the seismic impact Kobe Bryant's death mm. had on the world. I don't, you know, I, 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 I can give a fuck about basketball, but I still say Kobe when I chuck something into the bin, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, He's also a rapist, so, you know. Okay, fine. Now, I did not know that. I will no longer say <laughs> yeah, Kobe Yeah, a lot of people have done a lot of work to make sure we don't remember well, that did a 10 years job. ago he went through a whole trial about that. Okay. Consider me not saying that anymore when I throw things into the bin. Um, But if you are in any way minded to check out something for just the absolute evocative medical descriptions and imagery that it it conjures, then Kobe Bryant's autopsy report is a absolute work of art. Uh, Just in, in... in every sense, the, the the descriptions of the severe trauma that he underwent in that helicopter crash, the drawing of the condition that his body was in on the table uh, on the last couple of pages, uh, it's it, it it is simply a work of art. I will I'll read from it if I may. Um, Please do. And I'm going at random here because it's a long document, so I'm just going to stop here. Here we go. Blunt trauma of the extremities. You might wish to know. Page three, the left arm is attached and contains multiple fractures of the humerus radius and ulna. Lacerations are noticed to the axillary region and mid-upper arm. Examination of the hand reveals a laceration to the palmer aspect of the hand, as well as the dorsal aspect of the hand. Even his hands were cut up to shit. Traumatic amputation of the right arm. 
submitted separately is the right forearm. The ventral aspect shows a two and a half inch laceration at the base of the thumb. There's there a drawing of his hand. There's a drawing of Kobe Bryant's fucking hand. Uh, we've got multiple fractures of ribs, spine and hips, evisceration of internal organs, blunt trauma of extremities. It goes on for page after page after page with this just medically accurate but super super descriptive language and it, it yeah. somehow does no different job than it would have done had you written he's fucked on a bit of paper <laughs> yeah they right. convey the exactly. exact same meaning but in such you know more different and elegant ways yeah you sent me like the diagram that they mm. give you from like the the coroner coroner the coroner, the coroner yes. oh my god <laughs> jesus christ coroner <laughs> um the coroner's sketch of the um of the injuries and all of that kind of stuff and it stands out to me because there's like all these things on here like so like painted cross tattoo and underneath that traumatic amputation yes uh there's multiple places that just say things like charred scalp yep. charred skin uh, lots of laceration. Um, were the I think it's this fracture of femur and hip. Was the bottom half of him even attached? It doesn't look like it. Um, yeah, it looks like there is just simply just no bottom bones half. There's protruding. Just bones. Yeah. Yeah. You get um, in his neck from the front side, exposed fractured spine from I mean, visible from your neck, mind visible through the neck. It's a lot. And did you, I don't know if this, if you saw this, but um, the, that like there was a cop who just was like showing people the pictures in a bar uh-huh. after this, like looking at that yeah. sketch. Yeah. Who takes that and goes and just like shows randos in a yeah. bar? And the why, wrong with you? why isn't that copper in charge of, you <laughs> know, the Steve fucking Irwin's tape. Steve Irwin's yeah. tape, the Treadwell tapes. Why can't we have that guy? Uh, yeah, I don't think he's in charge of anything anymore. I'm pretty sure he got fired. <laughs> it's like the yeah. one thing you can get fired for is showing a celebrity's autopsy photos yeah. to strangers. And it's for the best. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely for the best. But there you go. There's some interesting deaths some interesting for you death. to take with you on your week. Uh, uh, yeah. And and why? If Why? Because it isn't just us, Corrigan. It isn't just you or I. No, certainly it's Many, many millions of people I know I've looked harbor this interest <laughs> in seeing or hearing the details of how the talented, the powerful, the influential, the rich check the fuck out. And if you've felt that compulsion, if you've felt that interest, maybe it's for one of the reasons that Corrigan and I have chatted about. Maybe... Maybe on some level of you, it you you quite enjoy hearing that. Yeah, they are just like us, after all, on the inside, you know. Just meat suits. Yep, meat suits. We're comfortable. But if there's with another it. reason, let mm. us know. Yeah, please. Or if you hate this shit. Yep. Uh, and you suffered through every moment of us talking about it, or if someone shows you a picture like this, uh, you're like, please God, I don't want to see that. We Take would that like to know about me. that as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to DM Mark's Dungeons and Dragons game, do that too. Touch. Just all just <laughs> do do the content for us, please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what we're asking for. Uh, and of course, uh, we would really just like for until next week when we get back to you again for you to do one thing. Just stay spooky, all right. <laughs>